Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? Loving, loving Mondays. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good times. Like today was a release of the Demio thing, so that was my Monday. Today was to oh, yeah. we're waiting yeah. for the expansion. Wait, wait, expansion. I heard we're saying that wrong. Is it oh, Demio? Demio, right? Okay. I watched a. Uh, we're talking about the VR game that's uh, a, kind of a hybrid of D&D and Gloomhaven. Yeah. But a little yeah. easier than both. Bo- board gaming type thing. Uh, yeah, I watched t- yesterday or something a uh, video of one of the... It's a, it's a Swedish game, I want to say. Swedish. Hmm. And a developer. And uh, they... I heard the one the community manager was talking about the expansion and she called it Demio. And I was like, oh man, everybody I know calls it Demio. So we're... We're pronouncing it wrong. Anyway, that's, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that later in the show. But yeah, this was my Monday. was uh, being pretty excited about you know getting getting my work done and doing work and then getting a little bit of time as soon as I got over doing that. Mm. It, was, mm-hmm. you know, it was a thing. Uh, how about you? How was your weekend? Not too bad. Got some mowing done. We had an... That's uh, so exciting. I, tell me all yeah, about it. I know. I know, right? <laughs> uh, it, um, to maybe bring this a little bit topical i had a chance to catch up on both core and the instance uh frog pants podcasts oh, yeah. yeah um i core used to listen there. to the the instance way in mm-hmm. i don't know what 2004 or whatever some kind of nonsense yeah. it was they're 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 up at like 600 some episodes or something crazy oh i bet um because they've been going you know since wow is in beta they just keep playing like neither of the hosts are really playing wow i think one of them is playing classic <laughs> right but they're in a break it's this whole weird thing the the retail wow shadowlands um anybody who's playing or paying attention to that news knows that uh they set a date for their point one patch their first big patch since the expansion and it's been almost a year it's like 200 some days since the expansion launched it's like the longest they've ever gone uh for a point one patch and people are real salty about it but are they just uh making sure they get it right i'm using i'm using yeah i i don't know it's it's a combination (laughs) of you know probably shorthanded production and i think they rushed the expansion too to like get it out while lockdown was still going which is a good idea but not if you don't have the resources to to keep up with it like it mmo is a is a living thing it's got to keep it's got to keep changing and updating or else it you know starts to die but it's that's good news for final fantasy 14 apparently a lot of people and i've seen this in my youtube too because i have a couple of um youtube channels uh, uh world of warcraft content creators that i don't regularly watch but like i either subscribe to them or watch enough stuff that it pops up in my recommendations and um a fair number of those are trying final fantasy for the first time and they're like Mm. yeah this part is great this part is great there's palace of the dead thing and that's great but like this is a little weird and then you know it's all the final fantasy stuff but um anyway these guys on both the both of those podcasts talked about e3 announcements so i got just a little bit of that like i don't pay too close attention to that stuff um like one of the hosts said like he wasn't really hyped for much of anything because he's working through his backlog and he's like i can't i can't muster excitement for a game that's you know a year away and plus you know i won't be ready to play it you know in that amount of time anyway 
sadly i'm i'm on i know exactly how he feels and i feel that same way that's it's, yeah it's, I, I used to love I, the e3 things but yeah i think that's pretty common we talked about that at some point like when when we were kids uh you know when you had just the nintendo or super mm-hmm. nintendo or something you'd get i mean we bought we bought the playstation what we call the playstation one or psx yeah. the very first playstation right um we got used like yeah my grandparents neighbors had one or something like that and they had they had like a half a dozen or more games with it you know they had original ridge racer um a fighting game called battle arena toshinden oh yeah Um, that game what else ridge racer was the one you could swap out for a for a music the um, the cd you could put a music cd in there um like a like an x games kind of racing thing where you could do bikes or or skateboards or stuff like yeah. we had all these games and so i think in the in the life of us playing that console which would have been like at least five or six years before we got access to a nintendo 64 um i don't think we bought more than i don't know if we even bought five games like maybe later on we'd i'd start to see them on sale and like grab yeah. one but as far as like getting one new like we bought one baseball game one tetris game we got the sequel uh the part three sequel to uh to toshinden um and yeah so it was like at most one game a year yeah well, I, um, I i know we did we didn't ever own well i don't know if you did much this i'm not sure how it was where you were at but we rented games Back then, you rented games. Yeah, we did that too. Um, I want to say I remember doing that most with the NES, but um, there was a game on the PlayStation that was like tanks and and helicopters and stuff, but it was all yeah. top down. Um, sure. It had a really generic name, but I remember that uh, whenever you flew the helicopter, it would play Flight of the Valkyries, like in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Um, and oh, I thought yeah. that was so cool. Um <laughs> We played uh, uh, what we called, I think it was called Raiden Project, though I don't, I'm probably not pronouncing that right. It was one of those arcade um, side-scrolling uh, ship shooters, right, where you have your, your little plane and you go up and down to try and shoot at the the waves of enemies, yeah, right? And then yeah, you, yeah. you fly over power-ups and stuff like that. I, I like those games. They still make those really cool. Yeah. We had one of the, I think we rented that one a couple times and then ended up buying it because we liked it so much, but it had a weird, like the arcade version was side scrolly and the, um, not side scroll. It was side scrolling, uh, yep. right to left. Yep. And the, the PlayStation console version would scroll down, like scroll up. Yeah, you, right. You know, like yeah. a like a um what am I thinking? One of, of those shooter things. Not that, asteroids, like, but like mis- like missile that. command kind of kind of yeah. format. And so it had a warning splash screen when you fired it up. It was like do not turn your TV on its side. Uh, to play. <laughs> That's funny. If you got a, you know, there were tube TVs back then, like it's bad for the TV to have it on its side. That's funny. And so they're like this is supposed to be this way, do not tip your TV That's over. That's funny. I, I did. I did do. I know because running, you know, games are expensive. You know, it was right. I mean, yeah. The, say it's, the it's point expensive, I, it was like fifty. I went way off on a on a nostalgia tangent there, but my point is, we used to only have a couple, like a trickle of games, yeah. and now there's just 
an embarrassment of games like um my yeah. brother andrew pulled up some youtube videos guys talking about e3 reviews and it's like every new thing everything something somebody does new or not even that new becomes its own genre right we've yeah. got uh uh metroidvania games and there's a new metroid for the first time in a long time apparently and we've got roguelikes and we've got souls likes and they're just like so many things and it's not just it's not just that it's not just that there's a roguelike genre or farming simulators like a uh what would you call it like a stardew valley like it's not just that that concept exists it's that at e3 they announced five of those and yeah. four new side-scrolly uh, Metroidvania games, and yeah. the, and so it's just. I mean, it's, it's, just, like, it's just new mechanics, right? Like it's the same game. It's a it's a game, and then there's a new like a, it's a new mechanic, whatever. Right. I, I say like you know roguelike like or Metroidvania, for example, Hollow Knight. Like Hollow Knight is not a new game. They just have a genre name for it now, right? It's right. it's it is yeah. It is Castlevania. Yeah, right. it's the same, but Metroid, with some different yeah. elements. And now there are, you know, there are four new games that are different types of Slay the Spire yeah, um, right. or whatever. And there are just so many things. And if they're not, um, if they're not one of a a, a very long AAA title, right? Like your right. Dad of War and, and um, uh, the one with Aloy, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. Um, if they're not like a, you know, 40, 80, 100 hour single player storied game, mm-hmm. um, there's some kind of very challenging, um, I don't even know if arcade is the right word for it, but like this is what roguelikes are. Yeah. They're not they're not long games, but they're games that take a lot of time because you have to get better at them to progress. And well, so that... that takes a lot of time or they're lifestyle games like mmos or mobas or something like that where you're sinking hours into it just because it's the one like it becomes your one main hobby right and so yeah there's there's no time to like think about or play every game that comes across a steam a steam sale like five years ago and i'm like oh this is three dollars i'll buy this and then never even install it yeah The, the the reason we have that now is in the last 15 years i'd say 10 to 15, maybe 10 years mm. is because um, the proliferation of um, game development kits are sure. like free. Like you can get, anyone can go get and play. Um, why am I having a hard blank now? Um, Unity. Right? Unity. Mm-hmm. A- anyone, anyone for free can get it before. Yeah, I had it for a while. Yeah. And, and you can, and you can make real games for it and it's all full featured for free. You just when you start making money, then you have to pay them, right? Sure. And 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 all the there's so many engines that are just for free, and that stuff used to be you had to pay tons of money for it. And there are there's Blender now. You don't have to have mm-hmm. Photoshop or 3D. You didn't have to have Maya. Like Maya was a right. thing, and Maya 3D Studio Max, 3D Studio Max, and those cost you know a thousand dollars. They were thousand right. dollar right. buy-ins because they were elitist type stuff. Now yeah. they are free. And not them, but another thing comes out and says, oh, yeah, by the way, here's this, and it's free, and it's just as good, it's full-featured. And because of that, and the way that world has happened, now everyone can make a game that is simple, right? 
you 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 can't you still can't make yeah. you can't make a Horizon Zero Dawn because it takes art. You have to have you know art yeah. and three real good three D modelers and animators Assets and, anim- and you know. monster design and right. All but of that you stuff, yeah. you buy a um, uh, a Unity engine and you have libraries to do everything. Like you don't have to make um, trees. You don't have to make floors and textures. It's all there. You just buy it for ten dollars. Yeah, I mean that's right? the. That's the story, right? Like Dead Cells, great game, was made by a company of 12 people, all paid the same regardless of title. Uh, Stardew Valley, made by one guy, right? One of the biggest, like, Switch games, you know, of that, like, run, you know, was released kind of in a a window between other things, and it was huge. Um, It's on PC now, too, but... Yeah, so it's, it's just very simple... Well, hell, we we talk about the the game that just sold six million copies in like three weeks, and made a trillion dollars was made by six people. It's you know Valheim, mm, you right? Know, and, right. It, and it wasn't like they spent years developing this monumental, massive thing. They started with a kit that already has like you know physics for wind and mm-hmm. water, and they don't. You don't have when a game wouldn't come out and make something, you, they'd make a game a, a game development. They'd have to develop how wind works and how the grass, you know, blows and things like that. Now it just comes <laughs> right, out of the right. box. Yeah. Um, and you can focus on, oh, I want to make it. We have a, a, a buddy, Zahn, who, who makes games. He does a little bit more involved. But, you know, you'll play a game now like a roguelike and say, oh, this is great if I could just, you know, have different cards. So now you can go open, go to your computer, open up a, a Unity, import roguelike or card game things, and say, "Now make my own cards." Right? You can mm. start it within a week and already have that thing set up out of the box. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's how that's why we're inundated with this kind of things, and whereas before we weren't. And you're right; it's embarrassment of riches. So I can't get excited about your new thing. <laughs> and while I love Metroid, although I'm not a Nintendo owner. Um, hmm. it's, it's hard to get, it's even hard for me to get excited about a, a new Spider-Man game or a new, hmm. not that they're great or a new Assassin's Creed. But the thing is I can go buy a new, a new to me Assassin's Creed because there's like 50 of them that I haven't. Yeah. Played, that's, right? that's the other thing happening too, is that we've, we've hit a plateau of, of tech, um, uh, evolution or, yeah. or something like and I've said this before on the show, it's a thing that I heard, I think, on Core or some other gaming podcast. You're like, you know, in in 2010, if you played a game from 2005, you're like, oh, what is this garbage? This, like, yeah. super low poly count, whatever. But, like, now in 2021, you pull up a game from 2016, and you're not going to know the difference. Yeah, you won't, you won't even know. Right. You yeah. might, depending on what it is, depending on what you most recently played. If you played one of the handful of titles for the ps5 but otherwise no like it's a perfectly fine game the new games have not gotten that much have not advanced that much that that those games from five years ago aren't still fully you know enjoyable well what's that what's that uh you you've been in technology i remember going to school back in high school even there was that is it called moore's law or something it's the one law that that Um, technology doubles every something years or something i think that's the one Yeah. yeah um but I, I always thought that that was when I heard that I like that's that's untenable was right. That's, if you yeah. can't keep keep up with that. First off, second off was the thought that o- otherwise we'll be to Zephram Cochran warp drive by like 
2030. Exactly. Right. And, and actually, the real thing is that I, I'm not saying that that hasn't held up. Maybe it is. Maybe technology has continued to advance. The problem is, is that we hit a point, and I think it was in early 2000s, where we as creators aren't able to, I mean, the, the, the tools in the, are there for us. We just don't have the ability or the, was it the capability to be bigger? Like I, I'm, I'm trying to say here, just because we can make super big worlds doesn't mean that we can, doesn't mean that we, we can, we have the time to make it or the people or the, mm. you know what I mean? Like we can have the best graphics in the whole wide world, but, um, you know, I don't have time to paint a texture, right? That, that takes, it's so realistic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know a, lot of that, a lot of that stuff is a little more, what's the word? I want to say st- systemic, but I don't think that's right. It's like when, um, and this has probably been true for a while. It's probably true of like cars and things like that. But you get... um how do I want to say this? Like everything has to advance together. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things. Yeah. It's like if you have a 10 year old PC and you put new RAM in it or put more RAM in it, you're like, well, first of all, a lot of those things end up having caps, right? Where your motherboard can only support so much RAM. I'm getting really technical here, but like you get the, the, you know, the, um, the game consoles now can, render things at a certain resolution it's you know 10 times what it was before but the games weren't made for that so now you have new games that are made with those big but now you don't have enough storage for the giant textures you need to take advantage of that and not enough of the of the audience has both that console and the tv that can make it work and take advantage of it and you know see i don't i don't know where i'm no, no, I, what my, I, what my I, point I is with, with that, you. but I, I, yeah. I think of like, um, they develop now you have enough, I just think of Ram, I mean, Ram is, is a simple thing. We're not going to get too into technical here, but the idea that, you know, so many ones and zeros that you can store to access at one point. And yep. it's like, well, if you only have a room that can hold 12 boxes, you have to deal with moving 12 boxes in and out of that real quickly. But now you're given... Uh, the ability to hold a million and or three million boxes uh, go like okay now that I I can hold three million that doesn't mean that I actually have something that needs three million right like I actually just yeah. so so that's a long way to say it's like uh, I'll put it in more easier terms is that uh, now we can make realistic grass move well somebody has to program that and that takes time and that takes mm-hmm. a lot of thought a lot of development a lot of stuff like that just to make realistic grass move. So the technology has outpaced our ability to catch up to what the technology can handle. Do you, you spot what I'm following there? On yeah, that, yeah, stuff? I think so. I think so. Um, and the, and uh, we're doing it. There's, that's why you have these big games that really do some amazing AI type stuff. And you see Spider-Man and Batman and things like that that come out and, and every year or so. That's what's exciting to me in games with some of these big studios. It's like some mm-hmm. of the new things they come out that's just jaw-dropping that they have literal geniuses developing and programming groundbreaking stuff not saying that you know these indie studio two person development teams making a cool roguelite don't make very fun games but generally they're not you know breaking new things 
generally, right? Yeah, I mean, they're more, it's it's both, right? Like, and it's, again, the sort of embarrassment of riches thing. Like, mm-hmm. we have, you know, big studios with a lot of resources making, um, you know, making the new AAA titles that are, you know, some are great, some are not. That's that's just going to happen, course, right? Yeah. Um, and then you've got the indie studios doing things that you're like, how did one guy make a game like Stardew Valley that that was so that was so popular that hit so well? Well, it's something it's something you know harder to define, and that's true in the case of AAA too. You're like, what is it that makes this game work and this other one not? Like right. they're really similar. I you know I heard a lot of kind of negative to middling things about assassin's creed origins and right. a lot of raving about assassin's creed odyssey and i right. played them both and aside for one being set in ancient egypt and the other being sent in ancient greece I'm like what's different about this well it's a lot of things it's hard to hard to pin down one thing and the right. indie games are the same way like you know what makes what makes dead cells a takeoff and it's something it's something in the gameplay or in the characters or the interaction or something it's the um for all the things that a small indie like an individual or a small indie developer development group has that the big guys don't have is they have freedom where the other guys have more resources and so they can both do different things and you know for for the players for the customers it's all gravy because you know there are so many more options they're just bound to be more good games that you want to play that scratch the itch of whatever well whatever you want to do right now is also is that no one is limited by technology at this point like there it's not that because before when you're i remember here reading a nintendo power about um super mario brother like super it was yes super mario brothers uh uh what's the one on super nintendo you mean when they remastered the original Mario Super Mario Brothers for um for the SNES? No, no, no. I'm talking about like the SNES one that was like uh, Super Mario uh, Super Mario Island Super Mario World? World World Super Mario Gosh, okay. Super Mario World. I remember reading in Nintendo SNES, Power so when know. Super Mario World came out was they were uh they could actually do three-dimensional backgrounds like they moved at different paces right like they were like three layers of backgrounds and that's something that like they couldn't do because they always wanted to do stuff but literally the technology was a block you can't do it because it doesn't handle the speed or whatever it might you can't have multiple threads type stuff right so there's uh, a lot of stuff and that's how it happened all the way through playstation and playstation 2 and playstation 3 or xbox and nintendo 64 is that developers had a lot they were ahead of the technology they had ideas and mm-hmm. things but they would hit a thing where like yes uh everquest was another thing like there we we're building worlds that are the size of you know a planet type or whatever but we can't show you we can't keep putting in costumes in because literally the technology has so much ram and you can't handle that many you know uh colors in, mm-hmm. in the computer right yeah. so we have to limit things because so technology was limiting games for the longest time but now technology is not holding anybody back if you can do it you know that it can it can if you can think it up and you have a new if you can imagine it you can do it a, you can kind do of, it yeah a kind of ironic uh reversal of that situation is something one of the guys on the podcast mentioned that he was playing some game and it seemed like 
it was kind of laggy. It wasn't running very good on his machine because they're talking about PC games. And he had the graphics all the way up, but mm-hmm. he said he made the observation that it's like, well, this is an indie game. It's probably not optimized for yes. various different kinds of hardware. And it's the right. thing where um, it's not it's not that the technology is holding them back. It's that they don't have the resources yes. to to make to do that extra like yes. polish that exactly. optimization to make things work on right um, on different hardware yeah yeah totally so it, it's not necessarily the technology holding that bad that's just resources like you said but mm-hmm. now now that that's why it's also harder for me to get really excited anymore even about console uh, or other stuff upgrades like if you had the new playstation sure. 5 which I, I do want um or uh the new xbox or the new nintendo system uh because yeah, they upgrade their specs, but again, it's not like that's ever hold, holding developers back. It's, you know, the the there there are some yes, there's polish and load time and things like that for Spider-Man when you play it on a PlayStation 4 versus a PlayStation 5. Sure. Mm. Um and and an optimization of things. Yes, but it's also not like I'm telling you going from a, a PlayStation 1 to a PlayStation 2 was leaps and bounds of difference sure like, sure. you know and even a, a three to a four was was oh my gosh this is a whole different world when you start up a, a, a new game mm-hmm. uh but but now it's not it's really not that big of a thing where you're you're loading up your playstation 5 or your xbox i don't know what they're called now x titan whatever something Se- series x or something series like x, that yeah uh and you know what they're still playing stardew valley <laughs> right so right, right. It, it loads up a little faster um, it's it's one of the things that i've always thought we were talking about nintendo uh i don't know if that was off the air um and they're sort of not abandoning but like trying to stay out of that uh sort of arms race yeah of of performance and hardware and instead is experimenting and pushing the envelope more with like control schemes and form factors and things where the others uh you know xbox and playstation since what since i mean since the three since the original and the and the playstation 2 the 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 systems have just gotten more and more similar like the biggest variation i think maybe was when xbox made the connect but then they didn't do anything with it right um and so and so Nintendo is over here for all the things that Nintendo does wrong. And, you know, it's a higher risk. So sometimes you get the Wii, sometimes you get the Wii U. Well, um, I, I will say they're over did, here going, yeah. you guys can fight over that. We're going to do something different. And it very often works out for them. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in their defense, PlayStation does and still does PlayStation VR. Um, so that's that's something that they do. do. Mm. Um, but that's not new to the world. Like, you know, motion controllers work kind of. Right, um, right. Well, and they had a, they had a motion thing when um, I had it for the PlayStation. Oh yeah, 3. but but they came out. They did, that all was all added after the Wii. It was Wii it was laid, and it was it was an, more an like, answer to the Wii. Right. It was more like the Wii. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with all of the the stuff for the Xbox. Same way. But right. yeah. Anyway, um, it's uh, it, it is hard for me to get too excited about new games or new stuff because there is so much out there, and we have so many that we already need to play. And I know that's also me being a little older. The fact that I don't play as much if I was 15 and, you know, maybe had a, didn't have a job and mm-hmm, come home from mm-hmm. school and I play the crud out of, you know, Fallen uh, Jedi Fallen Order 
and then I've done it. I'm probably like, what's next? Right. Sure. Um, but honestly, that, that's hard to say because there are so many what's next. I think that you can be playing a AAA title every week and have a hard time get, you know, catching up with them. Somebody on Reddit posted a map, a Google map of all the pubs in Britain. Mm-hmm. And they said, if you tried to go to every pub in Britain, a different one every night, it would take you 130 years. Jeez, <laughs> oh, wow. Because there are so many. I'm like, yeah. okay, wow. That's, I mean, maybe you got to you gotta slip some ball, bar crawls in there or something, hit a couple <laughs> of them a night. Otherwise, you're right. not going to make it. You're not, gonna, um, you're not gonna make it right yeah it's funny yeah I mean, anyway look at look at how long it takes you to play even if you're a super speed runner to, to get through and by the way speed runners don't do it on their first time they play hundreds and hundreds of thousands of hours of whatever game they're learning to speed run before they get yeah, that fast. yeah but speed runners like, are not are not playing a lot of games they're yeah, playing one game a lot a lot right so but anyway even, even if you're a, a person who plays a lot hardcore you're still loading up wow and it takes you a week to get through and you're you're doing nothing but you know not sleeping oh, right, lo- right. Lo- lo- extension. and it's still you take a whole week to get that one thing and then now you've got to do another thing for another game and yeah there's just too much for us to yeah. to consume to be too excited about a new new metroid that may not especially when they're blizzard games and they won't be out for the five years anyway <laughs> right right, right. That's, those are the worst about that hey speaking of new things that we played i do want to switch over something we talked about and talk to you about it because we haven't really talked about this yet we played uh Separately, we played a game last week called Crowfall. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on the air just a little bit. Like we just, I don't even know we talked really about it. We just touched on it. It's a Kickstarter game, or it's the first MMO that was Kickstarted that actually looks like it's making it to release, <laughs> right? Yeah. I I thought sure that I had Kickstarted this. I don't know where I heard of it or how. I do have, I looked through my email and the oldest one, that I could find was from 2016, which was just mm-hmm. like an account registration thing. So I'm like, I don't know if I kickstarted this or not. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's an MMO. It's a it's a PvP MMO. Yeah, I was going to say, is it fair that we call this thing an MMO? I don't think it's an MMO. I'm saying I that mean, right out there. I don't think I don't... it's a massive multiplayer online role playing or RPG. I should say. Yeah, yeah I mean. Th- the MMO, it just means massive multiplayer online and yeah. people There's just a lot of people can play it. But people, people like to bicker so. about like when what labels apply. Like I, I almost got into this with somebody one time talking about Guild Wars, original Guild Wars, because that is a game where um all of the world content, meaning everything outside of towns, is instanced. So yeah. If I go out of town, there's an instance that I'm leaving, just like I'm going into a dungeon in World of Warcraft. And out in that world, that instance is unique to me. And I'm never going to see another player out there um, unless they come with me, unless they're with my my party. And so to, to some people, they're like, that's not multiplayer online or which whichever word in that you're like that's yeah. not the same because it's not a persistent world and you're not going to run into uh you're not going to run into strangers yeah so this game is a little i mean it's different in a lot of ways um and it is scheduled to release in a week or two it's pretty mm-hmm. close to being out of beta and into public release so what i know about this so far and I've played 
a handful of hours, not enough to get to the level cap, but a couple of our friends have and have reported on it as well. And from what I'm hearing uh, and what I knew from watching some YouTube videos and things is that it's a PvP game. It's a PvP game with some MMO support kind of elements. So, you know, you think of PvP games, you think of all the shooters, right? Yeah. Your, your Call of Duties and your, uh, I don't know, Rainbow Six, whatever. Um, and... Um, And the the sort of like arcadey kind of get into a match and then you you know you have different type types of matches right they're like sure. death match team death match capture the flag king of the hill all of that stuff this seems like maybe it's going to have at least some of those like what I've gotten to in the in the solo questing part of it which is the leveling experience which is an extended tutorial yeah um, that's all it is yeah right. yeah that's, like that's clear about that one. Our, our our one friend, uh, Ben, doing it for the first time, said it took him like five or six hours to get right. to the level cap. Um, as you go through and you do these quests, there's no mini-map. It's got the uh, the radar uh, waypoint system. Yeah. If you so know what o- I mean. Over there, 120 meters is my objective. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a spinning line. Oh, the spinning line is a weird compass. way to say that, but there's a compass, yeah, at the top of your screen, and you spin around until you see where the question mark is, and then you go toward it. It's going to give you a distance uh, indicator, and then there are a bunch of gathering professions and also crafting professions, mm-hmm. and so I think I've not gotten to level cap yet, but I think what you do is like there's you know there's a castle or a fort or some towers and you want to go and capture that. And that's your basic capture the flag or um, um, King of the Hill or point capture game where if you, if you have more bodies in the circle than your opponent, the progress bar moves toward the blue. And if they do, it moves toward the red. And so you want to kill them so that right. it starts moving again. And then once you have it captured, then you can like, build up defenses on it i don't know maybe stuff like that and so there are some kind of as i say support or um pve kind of things that you can do and then the the big like i don't know what i think of as the big twist the big different uh thing that sets it apart from other mmos is that the worlds the maps are all intentionally temporary um, not in the sense, not in the way that like, you know, a, a game that you get into in Halo is temporary and, you know, then you're gonna, it's gonna be new when you jump back into it again. But like, the worlds are gonna last as long as the season lasts, which is six months or a year or something like that. It's gonna last a long time. And so you're gonna go in and the factions are gonna have the area split up and you're gonna try to push your line to control more territory and then sometimes they're going to push back and some of this stuff will happen in real time because you're you're fighting over this world but it's persistent so you know right could the, be, the, could... the, key, the key there though is that it's real important to say that these worlds are procedurally generated that's the big thing mm, yeah so so yeah it's not like if you play any other mmo or sorry any other 
pretty much any other player versus player game, maps are maps. They're, 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 it's a big part of playing PvP games are that maps are balanced and that they are set up in a certain way, that they're sightlined, that there's so much work that goes into maps. Most of the time, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, it's, and this one is not like that. It's, it's procedurally generated and then it goes. And then after a while that will, if it's terrible, it's no big deal because in a month or, or three, it will, a win condition will happen and then that's reset yeah. and there's a whole new yeah. procedurally generated map. Yeah, I don't know what the balance is. I know there are multiple map types. There's like a friendly leveling PvE map that you you use when you first start out, when you're getting up to level 30. And then you also have like your own home world, which I think is persistent. It's like a guild hall, um, mm -hmm. if you remember those from, from Guild Wars 1 or uh, uh, Final Fantasy XIV sort of does it. Um and then I think there are other kinds of world even deeper in that might be, I don't know, some kind of ladder thing or I don't, I really don't know. I'm kind of speculating about all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting concept. I think we and our friends are going to try it just for the novelty of it, just to see. I mean, I don't know if everybody will. We'll see what the initial reports are by some of our, our friends who are a little more uh, into PVP than than others yeah, the, the, the tricky us. part about this one is that it's not it's not a sub it's a it's a box buy so you have to pay the whatever they're charging right right type thing yeah which is a, a you know both of those are are different kinds of hard sell to your friends right you like it's yeah. hard how it which is harder talking somebody into dropping 60 bucks or into potentially paying 15 dollars for the lifetime of well, however the long hard, the hardest lasts. thing is the final fantasy thing is buy the buy the box and the and the 15 bucks a month right yeah i think though you know for new players the the final fantasy 14 demo is a is huge value for free it's just a real hassle to get because yeah uh, people japanese people or people in japan are very much okay with bad web interfaces <laughs> right yeah. that's that's its own whole thing but right. but, but yeah, yeah we'll this... we'll have more i'll probably have more to say if i if yeah, i play it more I, after I the say... launch it's it's going to depend a lot on population right because it's the whole yeah. pvp thing like if you know if you get suddenly all the i don't and i don't know how the factions work like if it's a kind of three-way battle thing and then you end up you know like what happened with pokemon go or like yeah nowhere in my town is yellow holding anything it's all red versus blue yeah i i will say when i talked about crowfall i i honestly was not aware that it was a pvp centered thing and i'm sure that they are probably open about that for a long time i guess i just did not yeah. read that um because they were they did talk a lot about their pve stuff and and now that i played the pve part i realized that that's literally not the game at all like like you said it was it's just a tutorial their pve is only tutorial stuff um and then, but so, and I'm not a big fan of them selling it like that. Uh, it's fine. It's just that it's not. It's that's not what it is. Also, I all their a lot of their almost all their concepts that they have are definitely done in Elder Scrolls Online. Um, mm. Their PvP is a big world PvP with crafting huge crafting systems made for just that and and better. Um, and they have siege engines and siege machines and walls and towers and castles that can go up and go down and players can build and forts. I mean, it's, and then all classes are totally different with their PVP counterparts or PVP classes. Mm -hmm. It just, 
and siege tanks and siege. It's just a much better system. The thing is, is that it's also kind of tied to the um, PVE and the fact that like, if I'm level 30, I still have to play PVE to level up my character. I, I guess I think you can level up in PVE in Elder Scrolls, but it's not like this game. I think the novel thing about this game is that you're playing, you're already like level one to 30, and which is, I don't know. That's not saying anything either. They could have just give you a level 30 character. And, and if you subscribe to their $15 a month, you actually do start with just level 30 characters. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I assume that's the sort of like, like force people to go through an onboarding process. It reminded me of what's that Magic the Gathering game called that we played with the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say with the cards. You know, that Magic the Gathering game with the cards. <laughs> with with, with the, the cards, right. The, uh, the arena. Arena. The Diablo like one. Was it was it MTG Magic Arena? arena. Magic Arena? Yeah. I, Magic the Gathering Arena is what it is. I don't know why I wanted to call it Legends. Maybe because there's a bunch of mobile games called Legends. Oh, maybe, maybe it is. It is Legends. It is Legends. The arena is the, the one that's just the actual card card one. It is oh, the card The card dueling. Yeah, the like hearts. Yeah, I, I have both of them on my de- desktop is what it is. Yeah. All right. Um, it had that long, like, couple hour kind of quest chain you had to go through before you could invite people to, right. to group with you. And the higher level people could invite the lower levels. But it's this sort of like you go through guild wars did this too like you start out in this prequel world where the most you can group with is one other person and then you get into the main game and you can do groups of four ultimately you do groups of eight but you have to go through a lot of leveling before you unlock full-sized groups which is a weird sort of thing but it's a way to like any tutorial it's a way to ease people into the full game and if you're you know if your pvp game is not halo or um, 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 I don't know, League of Legends or Heroes of the Storm, though uh, Heroes and, and League both have tutorial stuff you have to unlock before you unlock the full, like, PvP game, you know? So they'll have, like, you play against bots a few times and stuff like that to get people at least the basics before you're thrown into a full match where you might be against, like, pro players and then you get frustrated and quit. And it's yeah, the, the, you know, side, bad side for note, everybody. Side note: Legends changed that in the very next patch. So did they? Not, That's yeah, funny. They, I mean, that they took two or few. It's a, it's a, remember it was in still beta, the right when we played it. Um, but yeah, anyway, the um, yeah, it's not it's not like you even play this. It's it's basically you're just starting out at level thirty, and like you said, it's just a long onboarding type process. And if you pay the fifteen dollars a month for them. Uh, then you just start with level 30 characters. You you have boost right off. Um, so it's not that even that thing. So basically it's like playing Elder Scrolls Lite um, with um, with that, all your characters being max level. Now, there is people watching this saying, oh, it's not the quite same thing because Crowfall does have, I'm using air quotes, leveling um, in, in gear, just like you have in a lot of games or with World of Warcraft even, where you once you hit... Your top level uh, doesn't mean you're actually the best because you don't have the best eye level gear, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's what Crowfall does too. And that's the idea of going further, deeper in is that there's there's more rarer resources that you can craft better armor with, which will help you survive longer. Yeah, and I've um, heard there are things like, um, you know, big resource nodes, like big ore nodes yeah. and things that you need multiple people to harvest. Yeah. Right. So it becomes this sort of cooperative PVE 
PvP because then you need those resources to strengthen your forts once you take them. Yeah, um, and 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 those are fought over. Those are the big things that everybody are. are so you're, which to me is not a big. I played P- PVE server enough on WoW to hate it enough to know that if I want to go for resource nodes, I don't want to get ganked the whole time. Sure, um, sure. But but that but that's exactly what Crowfall is is centered around, and I see it. I, I know I sound a little down on it, but I see it. People, I know when I played WoW hardcore that there was even back then a huge hardcore PVP people, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And they did they did it was a it was a big thing. They have seasons and you know, tournaments yeah. online and all sorts of stuff. It's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. I've uh, done this. I've done this in wow. And I feel like I've done it somewhere else too, where um, it's more than just the like point pushing uh, area control thing where yeah. um, like Alterac Valley was like this, but there was something else Alter that Valley, yeah. it might've been a seasonal um like like instance thing or whatever but you start because i was playing alliance at the time like you start you fly into this fort and the fort is mostly just walls like there's a handful of npcs and then your faction leader is there and there are foundations right there are empty foundations and so you go out and you kind of fight and there are some people fighting down lanes like in um like in here's the storm Mm -hmm. but there are there's metal and there's there are trees and so you harvest those resources you go back to the fort and you say here here's all the wood that i need that i have for this barracks and the barracks needs like 2000 and you're carrying 150 and so everybody keeps doing that and then it fills up and then somebody clicks the thing and the barracks is built well now we've got npc footmen like running down the lanes and that's just one example there are like eight different buildings you can build that help push your team toward the the objective yeah. i think the um what's it called from wrath uh winter spring was a little bit that way mm, right yeah 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 those so i i think they're cool and, and and they are they're 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 not bad they are they have always been a i've always felt of them as being an add-on to mmorpgs they're like the yeah. they're the the extra thing that they have there but they're but they're I mean, I don't think anybody would deny that they are a small percentage of the po- overall population of these games. I mean, that's um, that's how I feel. Like in in World of Warcraft, I was never um, big into PvP. Um, right. I know Guild Wars that I played; that was my first sort of MMO. I know I, I just gave a big spiel twenty minutes ago about how it's not mm-hmm. an MMO, but right. um, it was <clears throat> it was centered around PvP, and I almost never did PvP. Yeah, right. They, they they just don't typically do like and I was just shouting all sorts of love on Elder Scrolls, but they just don't have for as big as they are and as big as well thought of a system is it just doesn't have the amount of people to support such large sieges. That's and that's the other like thing that. people are concerned about with Crowfall. They're like this right. whole game seems to be based on this PvP balance, and if if the population isn't right, it's never going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw some videos of people who were like, I've been here for six years since they'd been developing this thing. And our guild is so excited and huge and ready to go. And, and I know I've been part of that. So I, it's not been, it's not a secret that I was part of a big, huge, like competitive reading guild and uh, back in whatever. And wow. And half of my guild were PVPers that hard too. And, mm-hmm. 
So we would, because we were on a PV, PVP server, and I would occasionally, just for funds, join up with them. And uh, they were, you know, super, super hardcore, but they would roll over people because yeah. you get, when you're talking about already a, a low pop situation where there's just not a, people kind of come in and then you get some pe a group of people that are dedicated, they just roll over things. And Elder Scrolls mm -hmm. the same exact way. You can get some people in there. Let's just say it's 128 people. And if, you know, uh, half of those people are all one unit because that's what they all play together. And then the rest are just random scrub pick-me-ups. Yeah. And and the the world is made for 400 people. Those people, you know, those 64 are just going to wreck everyone every time. Mm -hmm. And that's just, the, that's just the way it is. And then those are 64, the only ones that are playing the game anymore. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So Elder Scrolls suffer, has suffered always from that kind of thing. And they put so much effort and so much time and so much dedication to it. And I'm assuming WoW does the same thing. I know they were really, really dedicating a lot of resources to PvP when I stopped playing WoW. Uh, so, we, yeah, we'll see. I know we spent a lot of time on this Crowfall, but I'm I'm happy that a cool Kickstarter that people love and want to have happen is happening. That mm -hmm. good on them, right? That's really great. Yeah. Um, and, and I and I hope it does encourage others. Hope they succeed. Um, I don't know if it's going to be for me. I will enjoy watching uh, Zahn and Ben and maybe you play it. I mean, I, I have ex every expectation that it's not going to be for me. I just okay. happen to be in a place where I've hit level 70 in WoW and I rolled as a tank. And the, like, the, the list of things that I have to do to, like, keep moving forward and, and playing with our friends is a lot of stuff I can't... Uh, I'm getting into too much complicated. It's all group content, right? Like I'm oh, supposed right, to be yeah. running dungeons and things. And like, you've got to coordinate that. You got to kind of know what you're doing. You got to be paying attention and you have to be present for an hour or however long that's going to take. And I've right. been just questing and leveling, which is a thing I can do while I'm watching TV. I can do upstairs while we're watching a movie. I can do walking on a treadmill here. It's all like easy and laid back and nobody is yeah. counting on me to do anything. And yeah. it's, it's uh, taken some of the wind out of my sails as far as TBC classic. And so I'm, you know, I'm doing stuff like I'm watching videos about final fantasy 14 again. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that, that, that's still a fun game. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the, I, I, before we move over off to this thing, just one last thing I want to say about Crowfall is that, um, I think it's important because I just realized that I can't not say this is that the biggest thing that really set me in it to a, not a great tone was that the character creator is terrible. It's very, very limited. Um, and you basically have like four guys that you can make. That's it. I'm not, there's lots of different combinations of race class, whatever, but like what they look like is mm -hmm. just completely throwaway. And you don't even get to pick a name for them. You're all, it's whatever your account name is. So, right. None it's of like, the characters I, to me felt like that where they were even, I even cared to make them. Right. Yeah. It's a, that's a little, a little more of a PVP thing. I mean, I compared it to Diablo on the one hand, Diablo three. Um, well, and Diablo two is this way also. Like you're not playing, you know, Hadrian Hammersmith or whatever. Like you're playing the barbarian. Um, yeah. Cause, yeah. cause everybody's, everybody's thing is the same and it's just, it's not their focus. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I didn't care for that either. It has the like, the, 
they're they're all in on the cartoony graphic style it's a little bit like um like oh not sort of like overwatch or i've definitely played something like this in the last year but we've played so many random things in the last year that i don't even right. i don't even remember um you know like that magic thing didn't have a ton of character customization right yeah i and i know that crowfall was in our under our breaths uh, a couple years ago about you know what's because i have i have periodically had the frustration of what's a what's our what's the next generation right. of mmos right what's and the what's the crowfall next mmo the thing and up, right? crowfall has this long list of things they're doing that nobody has ever done all of those things this way and you're yeah. like oh this is a new right this is a new but, thing like temporary worlds like the world is dying and so you do this and this before it's gone but then to find that that's really just a framework for pvp and i also don't love uh mmo right. pvp like eh. yeah if, if you had told me that that uh westfall is not going to be there later because the, the whole world is going to burn and then the next iteration is going to have a burned westfall it's got volcanoes in it like that would be cool right mm-hmm. that, but that's not this right, right. westfall completely randomly generated and then is randomly generated it's not really westfall it's just x world with x trees you know uh theme of it you know desert right theme. then then it becomes the minecraft thing of like what did you do to it like did you build something amazing that's now gone like there was nothing probably there was nothing inherent to that procedural generation but then i mean on the other hand we play a game like valheim and lost a bunch of our progress and we're like hey let's build the town over at this spot now because we know where everything is because the world is not procedurally generated even though it's yeah yeah sort of sandboxy yeah. i still miss i'm still miss valheim i i recently looked at uh, you know they they are a uh studio moving off of crowfall they, they are a studio that it was six people and mm-hmm. uh, never never expected the what they got and, and the success know, i'm yeah. really happy for those people i want to give them big high fives right mm-hmm. um but um they are clearly overwhelmed by their what they have to do you know it's kind of like hey we've been kind of making this cool thing that we like and all of a sudden oh my god now people expect us to be making things tomorrow and putting out content right yeah um yeah uh so they uh they're not close to hitting even their next deadline that they announced way back when and um right they're they're you know they're doing like hey we're still trying to squash bugs from launch you know, all we're doing is like dedicating. Yeah. We finally hired a community manager. So I think, right. You know, we, we, this here is three, four months on and most uh, companies would have been like, okay, we're already got the expansion. You know, even coffee stain doing like uh, satisfactory and stuff. They have a plan. They have people, they have things doing things. Right. But, but the Valheim people again are six people of which only yeah. maybe two of them are programmers. Yeah. The, you know? the reality is depending on what you're doing, like if you're, you know, here's the storm or hearthstone or, or league of legends where you're, um the evolution of your game is like add new heroes maybe add new maps design new cards balance those cards like unless the the progression the development progression of your game is something fairly simple and fairly finite um the reality is a lot of this stuff it just takes a long time and it it takes in a in this world of embarrassment of riches you know new games all the time you can't a a a game company unless they're doing it just right can't make new content can't progress their game as fast as the player base will lose interest yeah right unless they're 
like I said, unless they're doing a lot of things, a lot of things really right. And, you know, so then you, that's part of why some, some studios like Blizzard and Bethesda will be real tight lipped about all of their stuff. Cause they're like, well, yeah, we have this much out, but if we release that, people are going to be bored with it and mad at us within six months. And it's going to take us at yeah. least a year and a half to have something that's ready for, for the players to see. And so they don't talk right. about it because it doesn't help their, um, their, their brand and their, and their, right. you know, sort of hype. Well, cycle the, or whatever. The, the, the thing there too, is that we now see in the onset of, um, you know, community managers are a valuable part of a company. Yeah. Now, right. They, they, they aren't just like, Oh, you want to be a forum moderator? No, I mean, they need, they, good companies have, people that are hired getting paid good money or should yeah. be getting have, paid good money have good to, good people the yeah. good people who have that um who have that talent and have that passion because yeah. well uh uh we finished season two of mythic quest i don't know if you've seen all of it but I've not seen um it. it's not hard to imagine though that's a tv show it's you know it's, mm-hmm. it's scripted and everything but it's it's not hard to imagine that the kind of person who is passionate about creating a video game is not necessarily and probably very seldom the kind of person who is passionate about public relations and communication and uh, all of those. Those are almost completely separate skill sets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, uh, so what, what happens is that uh, you need to a place like uh, whatever, I can't remember the company that makes Valheim, but you know, obviously they're ta- they're on their back heel is the, is the real yeah. thing there yeah. um is but they um they need to uh if you have a community manager i'm propping up community manager good community managers or, or, for example i'll use i'll use satisfactory for example um they don't put out um new content all the time maybe every six months right at, at most um but what they do do is that because they have like two community managers they wish they only had one at the beginning uh, this person runs Twitch streams every week, right? Where they just get on together and talk about things that are in the game. Not necessarily things that they can say that are coming up next, but they'll talk about things at the game or they'll just do kind of the stuff they do of like, oh yeah, we, we do realize that there's that bug there. It's something that we're probably going to have to work on or, you know, um, yeah, it's excitement. Or they'll do uh, play with us on Tuesdays type stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's It's things that there's a lot of things that these people do to keep buzz and keep the community interested and keep them on board for the, the length. Right. And, and that's why I started this conversation with like, makes me sad about Valheim because if you go to look at Valheim stuff, there's nothing hmm. like there's just nothing since their launch. They have a few bug patches, hardly any conversations with anybody. They'll talk. They, I think they were interviewed with like two different uh, companies you know, like magazines or something. Right. Right. Uh, but, but that's, that's it. And I, they just recently kind of did have one on their discord. They put things out where they, you know, in a nutshell said that, okay, uh, we're going to be behind all the things we said that we were going to have this year. Um, cause we're just getting offices and we're finally finding an office right mm. after, after all this time. So, yeah. and, and that's when I look at stuff like that and say, Hey, if you had a community manager, they would keep everyone engaged and keep you wanting to come back for more every week. Right. And, and maybe they have a play like, Hey, let's, let's meet and see how we can build on a, on a mountainside today. And, and everyone right. would be watching those videos and things like yeah. that. So, yeah. 
it it reminds me and, and I know you're talking about companies and and their and their fan base but it reminds me of something that my dad often says uh in in you know one-on-one conversations and relationships he's like if you don't say anything i'm gonna fill in what he calls fill in the blank like i'm gonna imagine what you're thinking in my head right and it's probably worse than whatever you're actually thinking and exactly exactly. that's what happens when when companies you know go dark or are silent for long periods of time then suddenly you know all the trolls and the and the content creators and and all of that are like, well, we haven't heard. I don't know what's going on over there. They're probably, you know, it's it'll be just a negative, you know, field day. Um, Absolutely, and yeah. and that's what that's what happens with some of these companies. And you know, I don't I don't want to say anything bad about them because it's probably just normal, yeah, world things. We've all watched Silicon Valley, and that's a made for TV show, and they had mm-hmm. problems every every you know, yeah. day. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, there, there's a lot to there's a lot to game world and the game business and things like that. So when we see things go off really well, and you know, even for the small companies, it's a that's an impressive feat that people should be really mm-hmm. impressed mm-hmm. with, right? And, and and when I play a game like Satisfactory, again, I don't know how big Coffee Stain is. I don't claim to say that they're big or small, but yeah, know. you know, they they launch with a humongous game, and then they can still have a staying power that it's still on my desktop. The icon is right. You know, is is. Pretty, it, that's a good testament to those kind of things, or root, it's, or stuff like that. It's not on mine because I purged all my icons periodically. Oh, you, you purged them. I, that's fair. I keep certain ones on there. Like I did. I did on my on my previous uh, Windows machine, and on this one, I'm like, I want to keep this clean. <laughs> it, it, it helps that the that the Windows, the start bar thing on Windows, works like Spotlight, or uh, I use an app called Alfred on Mac, where I can I can hit a key and start typing, and it'll find the game as long as it's as long as it's directly installed or uh, or a Steam game doesn't work with Epic Games because the Epic launcher is terrible. <laughs> but it's terrible. Anyway, we have rambled all over the place on video games for long enough. Um, <laughs> we definitely have. Do uh, uh, we watched with our our Marvel watch rewatch with with Mom? We're we're caught up through Endgame now. Uh, so oh, we cool. watched since last time you and I talked. We watched Captain Marvel and. Uh, Avengers Endgame, and that was that was fun. Um, I said to uh, my brother Andrew, watched with us, and he hasn't watched all of them with us because he his job makes him uh, get up and both both go to bed and get up very early. Um, and so he didn't watch Captain Marvel with us. Also, he hates Captain Marvel, so that <laughs> was that was easy. And uh, and I said we were about an hour maybe an hour and a half into Endgame, And I said, um, I said, we're probably not going to make it all the way through this tonight. And he was, he was very angry at that. <laughs> at that. And, and, you know, used, use that to, to, you know, try to, try to push and, and encourage the rest of my family because, you know, we're six adults, the phone yeah. rings, uh, they're, you know, dogs sometimes have to be dealt with or, or let out. They have a schedule for when, certain dogs get let out it's all of this stuff and <laughs> i'm like i said i looked at the time and i said if we don't pause it anymore <clears throat> it's going to be quarter after 11 and <laughs> you know yeah. we normally like sarah likes to go to bed you know between 9 and 10 and <clears throat> mom and dad start winding down around 10 30 and i'm like 
I don't think this is happening. And he heard that as <laughs> we can't stop it anymore. And I'm like, you're completely mis- misunderstanding me. My point is <laughs> don't expect to finish it tonight. It's unreasonable. Right. But we did finish it in one night. Well, that's good. And and you, uh, so you're done with, uh, or no, you haven't done, end, you're on Endgame coming up or? No, that's, that's, we watched it all in one night. That was the whole Oh, you watched it? Oh, you did? Okay. Because it's so long. I'm like, you know, we're not going to, this is not going to happen. But, uh, but it did. I, um. So, wait, so you're, so you're done with the big, the big movie. Yeah. I, the I big... gotta ask, but what, what did your mom think about the, was she, was she very, was it a quiet room when, when the big thing happened at the very end of that movie? I think so. I think so. Um, the the way the room is situated, I mom is sitting in front of me, facing forward, so I can't tell. Like my yeah. other siblings will turn and you know watch for her reactions or watch to see whether she's paying attention when something awesome is happening. <laughs> um, you know, there's some of the, it's a little it's a little stressful when Andrew watches them with us because he's very passionate about these and so when i know that something's <laughs> happening or something's about to happen that he's very excited for and so he is annoyed when you know mom is not as into it as he is and i'm like it's yeah that's not gonna be cool to mom yeah. like can't, can't you can't force this you can't you know force the, that stuff. the stuff that mom's gonna like is you know uh um uh scott see finding his daughter right in the Absolutely, beginning right yeah um it's not it's you know, it's probably not going to be Cap picking up Thor's hammer, right? Right. But but I, I bet you I bet you she uh, she did like the I love you three thousand. Yeah, yeah, she did for that. Like that all all of that stuff. She was she was very frustrated at the battle and how long it took. And I <laughs> I have not That's seen fair. yeah I have not seen this since oh, we saw it in theaters. I think you had it on at ICG Con, and I watched you know, the, the, um, the cap and the hammer scene that I just mentioned. Um, and watching it again, I'm like, I sort of know what to expect because it's all, you know, it was all very, um, impactful watching it in the theater and then talking about it so much. And I'm like, okay, they're going to do it. And I'd forgotten that, um, that Clint, uh, Hawkeye's wife, calls him after they right. snap and i'm like yeah. oh yeah we did get proof that it worked right yeah. like we got that yeah. little bit of proof and then you know thanos bombs their whole and that whole thing starts right and um and then you go through this frustration of like oh they won right they they did it but now they're losing again and then, right. and then the th- you know the big three come out there and and they're gonna fight him. But now he's you know he's really strong and he's fist fighting them. And then you know and then who's got the gauntlet? And they're going through. And I'm watching it and I'm like, they don't do anything with that gauntlet at this battle. That doesn't get resolved until Cap goes back at the very end. I'm like, that's so far away. What are they doing with it now? They should just be hiding it. <laughs> that's right but they're not like they're carrying it through this battlefield like a football and it keeps getting lost or it keeps getting dropped and you know and then they go through the whole thing and cap picks up the hammer and then he's fighting and he's winning but now he's losing again and that's all set up so that you know the cavalry can arrive and that's awesome right. like now the cavalry's here 
we're still like 30 minutes away from from Tony picking up the stones, right? <laughs> There's still so much fighting, winning for a while, then losing for a while that has to has to happen. Like all of this back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, she's getting frustrated. It's like, because, <laughs> you know, they're beating him, but, you know, now he's winning again. And now he's losing it. And now he's he's winning again. I talked to um, my brother David, and he said uh, um, my sister-in-law, his wife, was frustrated by what she perceived as as his inconsistent power or strength. Who's Thanos? Okay, where you know in in Infinity War there were moments where one character could overpower him, right? Which I think, as far as I know, was just Wanda. Um, right. And wait, you, you, in in Endgame or Infinity War? In Infinity War. I think because in Infinity War, there's a scene, there's at least the one scene where Wanda ha- can almost overpower him, and he's got right. the gauntlet, right? He's got four of the stones, or is it six? Right. He's only missing one stone, and she can almost overpower him. Right. And in in Endgame, he doesn't have the gauntlet at all, but he can still... Um, over he still can't be overpowered by all three of Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America. Now I know they weakened Thor, right? Like that's part of the whole right. reason they had Fat right. Thor is they had to make Thor weak, um, right? Right. Otherwise, otherwise that doesn't work. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, maybe. And what I told him is, I'm like, I'm sure there are super comic nerds who debate that stuff and figure out like, well, this this stone does this, and that, and that's why this. And I'm like, I don't. I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. I mean, it, everybody likes their thing, right? They sure, just, sure, of course. What, what like, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I, are, what, what you're telling me, what I'm hearing from you, is that um, your mom's going to be on the show next week. Is that correct? <laughs> no, no, yeah, probably not. No. Oh, okay. That's that's unfortunate. So we, we can have her on there and talk about all of her experiences with yeah all yeah. that crazy crazy so what was it uh what do you got you got spider-man are you gonna watch spider-man are you guys good like you're you're through end game and you're you're feeling like we, we, we might we Bye-bye. might take a little break i'm not sure because if we if we watch iron man then we're up to like are we gonna watch wandavision probably are we gonna watch falcon and winter soldier probably not um right uh i i'd be pretty surprised if mom is likes uh or would be interested at all in watching loki uh based on what we've seen so far um, right right boy we're running low on time here do you want to talk about loki at all uh we can talk a little about about loki sure we we do have we have our our show to talk about we got we right right we've got we've got both of those so we can talk we got, about we got th- we got three episodes of loki three episodes That's of loki three. and and really there's a lot of stuff i could say about like theories and easter eggs and stuff but really all of that that i have is stuff that i got from watching uh uh videos on the screen crush youtube channel there's okay. that you know there are guys on there that um know all this stuff who are doing the like there's a scene in it's either ant-man or ant-man and wasp probably ant-man and wasp where they're going down into the quantum realm and there's like three frames of a city that you can see in the clouds that looks just like the city in in Loki. Uh, I'm gonna try. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna try to avoid spoilers here. And the you know the theory there is that it's 
the 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 TVA is in the quantum realm. Which I'm like, okay, oh. that that sort of makes sense based on stuff we know. It's outside of time and whatever. But um, let's see. How do we talk about this fast? So we're three episodes in, and uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to hit the bell, though these Disney streaming shows have like a 12-hour window on spoilers. So by the time you hear mm-hmm. this, all this stuff will be uh, fair game, but I'm going to hit the bell anyway. What uh, What's your biggest uh, question, like mystery, that you, you want them to answer? I don't know. I don't... I don't think I have any. Is, is that's that's maybe that's my, maybe that's my problem. Okay. Don't... What uh, what do you like most about it so far? What I like about uh, Tom Hiddleston. Okay, just in general. Yeah, I mean he's a good. I like how he acts. Yeah, actor. I loved the moment in episode two when he's talking to the the you know security lady, or he's talking to somebody who he realizes is being possessed by the the quote unquote other Loki. Yeah. And uh they they both do the like head tilt smile thing that oh, Loki does. Good. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, I thought that was funny. Yeah. He, um he, I I like that when like he overpowered that same lady and mm-hmm. kept like they put the collar on her. That was good. Yeah. Um I I I like I like Loki. I mean it's it, mm-hmm. because of Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. I mean he he kind of also leads into things I don't like about the show is that like you've watched any of the thors or the fact that he was a major the major total badass bad guy of the very first avengers movie mm-hmm. he feels like they are just he's they're trying to shoe him or shoehorn him into a character here yeah and and yeah. And, and it it bugs me a little bit if it, if it, i were going to say i know that i am sort of picking random questions to try and prompt a, a quick conversation here but yeah. uh the things the things or thing that I like least about it is the action. I'm not an action guy anyway. And the, the third episode especially felt like it was at least a third, like, like a third of the runtime was these boring fist fights that yeah. were maybe interesting for the first couple seconds. And then like, okay, if they're in the TVA or something and he had like a collar on him or something, I could see like, or if they if they mentioned that that like he's cut off from his magic or whatever but you see him use magic and you know yeah. the things that he's done in the past with his magic like he's not you know he's not Wanda but he has all this magic power that he never uses like yeah. once in a while and then most of the time they're just like slapping each other um right. i mean thor, thor said tedious. he's 1500 years old Right. So Loki's at least a thousand years old. This is a guy that's been around. He's been mm-hmm. with gods and fighting monsters and demons and things like that. And and everyone super disrespects him at the TVA. Which sure, okay, fine. I I get their immortal god people too. Uh, that's the that's the variant thing. Yeah, but I, I just I don't know. I th- that's what the, it. It's not bad. I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad thing about it. It's just. It doesn't interest me too much because when I when I like the, the character of Loki and look thing about Tom Hiddleston playing Loki is he's cool he's crap and you're right I mean he could handle anyone first off he could he's like he pulls out his swords and he can totally he fought in the very first Thor and he's awesome right yeah. he's got magic and tricks up his sleeves and he can totally right. yeah. kick but he's been a warrior for Asgard for a long time 
Um, so that's fine. And sure, we can show that. But the best part about Loki and Tom Hiddleston is his smile and his charm and his trickiness. and his mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what's cool. So sure, I get some action they got to put in there, but it's not the most important thing. Right. And then the parts that they put him in is just kind of setting him in his place, for the, at least for the whole first episode. They're, they're, always, they're trying to make him not be mischievous Loki evil guy. Yeah, right. it's like they're they're moving him more toward a good alignment, uh, which and they're forcing it. Like they're really forcing it. Like I I feel like the TVA is really forcing this whole thing. Maybe um, maybe I mean like that's... They, they want him to be um, Nathan Fillion. From, you know, he, he's the <laughs> right. writer that's in in the in the room. Like okay okay, I don't know. Yeah. It, it kind of it, yeah. it it did. It felt like they somebody had this TVA script and then. When drink drinking, just not like total drunken knife, but like a, a nice head buzz with with you and your your good friends. You're like, you're man, point, what, if, what if we threw Loki? Point zero six percent. Right. Of, what if we put Loki in the middle of that? Oh my gosh, I don't know what could happen. We mm -hmm. we got Doctor Who, and let's just let's just I don't know. Let's be crazy. Let's just throw Loki in there. Right. But but how how would he be there? He wouldn't fit. There. Let's just do it. Let's just yeah. see what would do if he's a if he's like a detective cop guy. Like, right. Well. We're going to have to really stretch it to put him in there. It reminds me of what you or maybe Justin said about that Harley Quinn line where they they made her just a normal like detective. And I'm yeah, like, what is right. that? That's not there's nothing about Harley Quinn leads me to think that is a good. Uh before we yeah. move on, I do want to yeah. say I I really like the character of Sylvie. Um it helps that the actress is is very good looking, but um yeah. the chemistry between them is great. I, I yeah. get the strong vibes that they expect us to ship them, which is a funny yeah. kind of thing. You know, Loki being a right. massive narcissist, like yeah. it sort of right. makes sense that he would fall for a alternate timeline him, version of himself. himself. Uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I don't, oddly, you know, me, when I watch these shows, I know all the little Easter eggs and pick up and all the stuff, not mm -hmm. anything have I picked up. I know that this is a, Huge thing for so many people on the internet right now is all the little Easter egg things and they yeah this is the it's you know it's it's MCU's lost right like they're this yeah. is this is not this is not Easter eggs for the casuals like these are these are deep cut a couple of free yeah, I'm, I'm not ca Easter I'm eggs. not even catching up on the, I'm not even catching almost any of it uh, like I, I I know that there was a female Loki some people call it Floki, Floki. in um in the comic books for a while like in Vikings. Yeah, like yeah, like in Vikings. So I know that part, and that kind of works together. But there's just, and I, you know me, I'm a, generally a, a Thor comic book fan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so it, n none of it I'm I'm catching up on. I when someone did say that called it Doctor Who of the MCU, it immediately clicked with me. Like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, and, you, you know, know you, the time travel, the like, uh. The aesthetics of it all, sort the, of infinite possibilities of yeah, of the and 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 that thing. that might be why I'm not like crazy excited about everything. Yeah, not 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 that I I don't like it, but I also don't like not like Doctor Who either. Like Doctor Who is is fine, right? I I can watch an episode of Doctor Who, but I'm not like Jones in to watch the next one, right? Um, but people, so many people, a lot of people really are, and I can see those people. Looking at this and be like, I love this show so much, mm. right? So I get it. That's that's awesome. And Marvel does that cool stuff. Good on them. This is this is fun that way. All right, moving on to uh, this week's show. This, yeah, let's talk about our movie. 
All right, this week we watched the 1984, uh, but it's not really Kung Fu. I'll just say martial arts because I don't want to be wrong about that. Um, movie called Wheels on Meals, not to be confused with Meals on Wheels, the uh, uh, charity, charitable organization. Right. Um, this is starring Jackie Chan and yeah. a couple other Chinese guys, one of whom was the director uh samo hung is his name um mm-hmm. he was uh moby the the detective the other guy the private investigator guy he he was the director in this movie um i went Funny. and looked it up because you started watching this movie earlier than i did and were given a little feedback on how uh bad it was and so I watched it late at night with a little bit of whiskey. I was like, this one is probably going to be very much not in my wheelhouse, probably kind of dumb, heavy on the action. You know, I kept uh, yes, thinking yeah. back on uh, on Enter the Dragon, right? Um, yeah, sure. Um, Bruce Lee being the sort of, uh, um, not the first, but like the guy who brought kung fu and martial arts genres to the west uh you know to to the states um and you know just think of it in in that context like this is less a story and more uh uh, a framework and a setup for um these these stunts these fights these um you know feats of of uh whatever in prowess in the same yeah. in the same way that you have um you know stage and movie musicals that are the 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 story in the in the show is really just the bare essential threads to tie the songs together so that you can have all these songs on stage yeah. um you know and show the singing and dancing uh skill yeah. and prowess um there were and uh, oh, I started when I started talking, I was going to say how I got this movie into into our list. So the yeah. episode of the Flophouse podcast, which is a Max Fun show where they, as they say, they watch a bad movie and then they talk about it. And the movies they watch aren't always bad. But I wasn't sure. I was like, what episode was it where one of them recommended this? And yeah. and what did he say that made it stick in my mind enough to have it on a list that when we were compiling this movie list, I was like, oh, yes. Um, so it was an episode from last year, I think fairly early in the lockdown, but enough in the lockdown where they talked about it, um, when they reviewed um, a Sonic, a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, yeah. And they had a guest, so there are four recommendations. And so I'm listening through, and they're talking about they're doing listener emails and whatever. And... Then uh, that one of their hosts uh, mentioned this movie. It's like, I saw this. It's from this time with this director who also acted in it. There's a lot of um, uh, uh, things of that, of that genre, of that era. A lot of, you know, funny slapstick. And, but some, right. some very impressive fights. And he mentioned the fight at the end of the movie that is uh, – very intense very intense and violent for a movie that's been that had been goofy and slapstick for the most part up to that point 
Right, right. It it gets super real. Uh I I I did I didn't I didn't like it for seventy five percent of the, the the way through the show, maybe eighty percent of the way the show. Of course, and right. that and that fight changed everything. I mean, there there are definitely where some because it's a comedy, right? Let's let's be let's all talk about who this is. It's it's comedy for sure. It's not meant to be real or or, or fun or have a thing. Oh no, I mean, uh, I mean in in the like second scene, they're they they're jumping out of the window to land on the on the canopy of the yeah. shop right underneath them, which is a, you know, the standard trope. And the, the shopkeeper pulls the canopy. And so he falls, he like jumps right. and is going to land, you know, on his ass and bounce off this canopy like Jackie Chan just did. And the canopy's not there. So he falls from a second story window onto the pavement and he's fine. Right. Right. Like that doesn't happen in real life. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's probably some kind of, some kind of stunt. So I kept, um, as far as the action, I kept watching for things that would be impressive the same way that I did with Ender the Dragon, even though that was like 10 years prior to this, it's still only 1984. Like we have some better technology, but I know that they're, you know, like these guys don't have stunt doubles and they don't, at least Jackie Chan doesn't. And they, you know, they can do quick cuts, but they don't have CGI to like blend stuff yeah, together. Right. And so when, you know, a couple guys charge them riding motorbikes and they, you know, he jumps and, and drop kicks this guy and they both sort of roll onto the pavement. I'm like, that's a wide shot. And it's one right. cut. Like yeah. they had to do all that. There are no pads. Like I can see him jump kick and roll onto this pavement and i know that that's him that's the same guy who's going to get up and and deliver lines or you know talk in in probably cantonese or something and and be dubbed over but yeah uh so it's comedy it's it's um it's intentionally not to be taken seriously in any way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, absolutely and right and and some of it lands some of it doesn't Um, it's slapstick we don't do a lot of that anymore right Right. Uh, but but uh, like I said, I, I wasn't really into it or didn't like much. And I thought it was just terrible. And I was kind of forcing my way to walk through watching it 80 um, percent of the way through, maybe 90 percent. Uh, but in reflection, I start looking back at a lot of different things in, in, in life. Mm-hmm. It's like w- when you watch a thing, uh, when it's funny is or what it, how it's impactful to you is when, a matter. We see this a lot when you watch it, how you watch it. You know, all sorts of things with this one. I was talking to Shelly tonight about um, like Encino Man or Biodome, like in Polly Shore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're awful. You watch any of that stuff, it is intolerable to watch. But I thought they were hilarious and amazing and classics and stuff like that. And, you know, it's because you're 15 or you're a freshman right. in high school. And that is hilarious when, when, you know, they're trying to impress the girl in their house. And then mm-hmm. she's like, okay, which one are you first? And they're like, nope. And they walk away and you're like, that's so funny because you're 15. Right. It's just right. what it is. And for me to sit there and say, when I'm just, you know, Sunday, late Sunday night and, and I'm laying in bed and got nothing else to do. So I decided to watch this show and I'm watching it with terrible stuff and just kind of watching it to go through. That is not a fair 
thing for me to watch, <laughs> right? It's just, it's just not for me to say, oh, this is a terrible right, movie. Right. You shouldn't watch it or whatever. Because that's just that's just nonsense. Um, mm. So I, I definitely don't want to call this movie terrible. It was terrible for me to watch it. I would also say if I was some hoity-toity critic saying like, they could have edited a million things. They they have long conversations that don't mean anything, or they'll you know they'll they'll be talking about one stuff and then it doesn't. It's not even a joke. It's just whatever. Um, and then other things are clearly insane for the reason to be insane, like the whole fact that their dad their family is in a mental institution, and they have a TikTok guy that's a clock, and like, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. But again, if you're a junior high school student. <laughs> it's probably absolutely hilarious. Sure. Right? Some, I mean, some of that's like we talked about last week with Cannibal Run, where you're like, this is a little product of its time, right? If you ever saw like, uh, what is it? Arsenic and Old Lace or yeah. something like that, where we used to joke about mental health issues right, in a way that yeah. we really, really don't anymore. Um, yeah. And you're like, okay, that's a little... But I hit a point... So I, you know... you had been watching this for a while when I started watching it and um, you know, messaging our group. And so when it starts and they start talking, I'm like, Oh man, this is, I, I did not, I did not know this was going to be dubbed because I know. Oh, and it's terrible dub, right? It's the worst. It's a really bad dub because I know what Jackie Chan sounds like. He can speak English. Yes. I don't know if he was fluent in it in 1984, but, and I feel like, I don't remember if he had any English lines in Cannonball Run or if they were just like making fake Japanese sounds. Right. Um, but they start talking. And I'm like, oh, this is really bad. And then from the very start, they do this like they have separate doors. And so they poke their head out and then he goes past, you know, it's a it's a sight gag. Right. Right. Where you're like, oh, it looks like separate rooms, but it's really not. And I'm like, OK, I see. I see what this is going to be. This is going to be, you know, this this kind of deal and then i got to the point where uh moby goes to the bar and he keeps saying he can't get drunk but the, they keep offering him wine and so he keeps drinking right. they're in spain right and then he does that phone thing and i'm like okay i get this is this is awkward it's going on a while and he's being kind of obnoxious talking to this girl whoever on the other line and then he hands the guy a phone and he's like it's your wife and I laughed out loud. I was like, ah, yeah. that's, that's good. Like I had right. knowing, knowing that you said it was bad and like getting set up with these bad dubs, uh, this bad English dubbing at the top. I was like, okay, this is just going to be dumb. And, and maybe some of it will be funny. And there were definitely things that, like just in the way that they delivered it with this. I mean, part of, I think part of what made these guys or makes these guys, um impressive fighters and stuntmen like those kind of skills make them also very good at physical comedy right yeah, because they, right. they have such um they have such impressive physicality in general you know they can do a sort of like fake drunken kind of thing where they're almost falling off of stuff and um all of those things and then i also caught early on some of um what I guess I think of as early eighties tropes. Um, I was reminded of both uh, stripes and uh, back to the future where, you know, they're setting up with their food cart, this, uh, this Mitsubishi van. Also, by the way, I kept seeing Mitsubishi product placement, right? Like 
it got more and more obvious until there's the old lady. Did you catch that? I I saw. I did not understand what that old lady it's, was about. Like, it's this awkward scene. That was a perfect example. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> that that I mean, to me, and I don't know because you know it's whatever. I was three when this movie came out. Um, yeah. She's driving a Mitsubishi. And so she comes over in the middle of this big chase and then gets out of her car to yell at him. And she's like, well, it's a good thing I have a nice car. And I'm like, wow, this is just like now they're joking about the blatant uh, Mitsubishi product placement. Oh, OK. Uh, I, I, so, I, I didn't. I, I was like, I did not get that at all. Like, I did like, not what, get what was happening. What is this? Why is this here? And, it's a yeah. Some And, and maybe it, it's it, a. Like, com- it, it wasn't a joke because there wasn't. When you don't know it's a joke, it just felt like she was reading right. lines. That yeah, were... I don't know if it's it's like uh, in the end of Ferris Bueller where they're following behind the where's the beef lady, yeah. right? Like if you don't know that reference, you're like, what is, okay, well, I guess they're following behind a little tiny old lady who can't see over the steering wheel. That's kind of funny. But right. anyway, they're in this square selling their food and he's doing the skateboard thing. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's the it's the 80s skateboards are cool Um <laughs> Right. bit and then you know the bad guys show up and they're all on motorbikes and that's what reminded me of um of back to the future it's like he's just on a normal skateboard so he's a good guy these guys they're they have motors on theirs and they're making exhaust and, and noise and they're <laughs> they the, you know the they're, thing. they're the bad guys and i don't know if that was like a late 70s early 80s move toward like being eco-friendly kind of thing or just uh, this like some kind of strange stereotype um but they did the thing where um the van is all computerized right and they had the super old computers and like all the automated automatic doors and things that are you know it's clearly stop motion that they that they did it with but that was this idea in the early 80s of like what computers were going to be i mean it's some of the same kind of humor that they did in cannibal run the 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 description i would give this movie after contemplation about it afterwards is goofy that that's what i would say Mm -hmm. it's it's it's, calling it a comedy means that there's jokes that you're supposed to laugh at which there are a few sprinkled in and you said the one i think is the funniest one Uh, right but but all of it is just goofy like if you just think of it as like every scene is meant to be just a kind of goofy goofy then yeah. then you get all of it, it and there's no and rhyme or reason for it yeah and that's why you know you if you're going to use the word comedy i think you you need to include the word slapstick and if somebody yeah. doesn't know what slapstick means uh i mean maybe ask if they've ever seen three right. students in one but, scene he gets underneath this girl's dress that's a real big dress that they go into the table with and you're like okay okay we we know what this is now right <laughs> you know, right now right now wrapping that up I, I, I do want to, again, comment at that phenomenal fight scene at the end yeah. with, um, I can't remember the butcher's last name, Benny Urquidez, I think his name is. He's yeah, a, he has a... Right. Is he oh, Spanish? my gosh. It's so good. Yeah. And it's, like you say, it's just like a cut that's... It's two different cuts, right? But there's mm-hmm. long things where they're fighting. And each one of those fighters, you feel like they're really fighting. You can, uh, yeah, you can see, like, there's real fatigue... There's real like just in the I mean, you know that it's stunt work, but it's still like intense stunt work. Yeah. And and they, and they yeah. go and there's so many and I watched it twice and I'm going to go back and watch it again now because all <laughs> of the little things, there's like little faints and stuff that are meant that mm. like if you're watching this as a real 
like martial artist fighting. You're like, oh wow, that, that's a real like thing. Um, and you and here's this the bad guy he's fighting. It just seems to be this random guy, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not even like some dude that you lead up for the whole movie for something. He just no. Always one of the henchmen comes, and all of a sudden we have this epic battle. Um, and then he uh, so there's a couple things like when they, when when uh, Jackie Chan takes his shirt off finally, right? And then he mm-hmm. just does almost what I think is like a Bruce Lee kind of flex where he just like punches really fast and then just pulls his arm arms to the side like a martial or like a video game character. Just screams. Yeah. I'm like, man, that dude is jazzed. He is like adrenaline's running through his body because he's mm-hmm. in a bike fight. It was hard to see that this was a, a stunt made movie. And then a couple little shots I loved when he he gets up near the end and he's kind of playing with him. Right. Like he's he's mm-hmm. doing that. Like I'm in a different zone. I'm going to do a little play with him type things and he does like two quick feints like he's like he just kind of jerks towards him once and the guy yeah. jumps back and he does it yeah. again he jumps mm-hmm. back and the third time he does it the guy knows it and just slams him right in the face yeah. and like whoa that was so cool and then of course the the big punch at the end was so unexpected and so friggin' cool i was like oh yeah he totally would have knocked him out of his trajectory yeah that it's was- this and that's the thing that um the guy in Flophouse said it's like you go through this the you know three quarters of this movie and it's just goofy slapstick like there's a little bit of fighting um and you know the fighting is pretty cool but um you know especially compared to the fighting we see in in Loki that I mentioned earlier (laughs) um and then you get to this you get to this climax of this movie and there's this other guy who is you know is almost a match for him he and is you're, totally right. He's and, awesome. And you're like, you're like, man, I know he's going to win, but it sure doesn't seem like it. Yeah. And this guy um, is, is matching him back and forth. And right when, you know, Jackie Chan gets the upper hand, you're like, okay, here's the, here's the ramp up where he's going to come back and win. Now the guy matches him back and you're like, whoa. Right. I actually mm-hmm. liked the, going back to that last final blow thing. When Benny gets hit, he does, again, this goes back to acting, really good acting. He gets up. And it's like the weak in the knees type thing. Mm-hmm. It was so believable from a fight. Like a fight. I've seen, you know, ultimate fighting yeah, championships fights. And like it's that it's that I don't, it doesn't even feel right to call it physical comedy, but it's that it's the physicality that these guys had that yeah. he gets up and you're like, oh, man, he's getting up. And then he's like, he's just stumbling. It's just like when um, when Jackie Chan is fainting at him and um and it's all so real looking. It's so convincing. So yeah. And, and, and like when he's stumbling like that and he has that kind of like blocks his head cause he's, 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 you know, swooning basically. Mm-hmm. And Jackie Chan comes up, starts beating and then he just wrecks Jackie Chan again real, real quick. And you're like, mm-hmm. and, and Jackie Chan, again, that physicality of like, he looks like he gets hit and knocked back. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes like a fist brawl. It's just so good. And, and I could tell people, I would, I want to tell people to go watch this movie and, and skip everything and just go right to that <laughs> fight. And, you know, and just, I want to take people or I want to show them this fight and say, don't get excited about watching this whole movie because it's not this, right? The movie's mm. a goofy comedy thing where they're just joking sure. around the whole time. This part though is phenomenal, and everyone should watch this. And 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 I've watched a lot of fighting things, and this is top three. I think I've put it into mm, my nice. a movie uh, that I'd watch. Epic. So anyway, that was a lot. Uh, so good, all right, what good things? Yeah, it was. It's it's an experience. It's uh, I mean, definitely 
know what I you're know getting into. I know why it didn't make it in our top 100 list. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, I enjoyed it more than Enter the Dragon. I'll say that. I don't want to say anything bad about Bruce Lee, but, um, you know, the balance of, like, funny, the, the plot of Enter the Dragon was just nonsense. No, complete um, nonsense, right, yeah. All right, well, it's uh, it's your pick next, so what do we got? Well, we, here in America, we have uh, the 4th of July coming up, so let's throw out um, Independence Other Day. countries have 4th of July, I don't know. Yes. But the, oh, sorry, you're right. Our Independence Day. Independence we Day. We celebrate our American Independence <laughs> Day from That's right. uh, the, the oppressors of England. So, sorry, dirty, no. Dirty tea drinkers. No, right. No, we, we love Britain and love England, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but now we do. So anyway, right. that is our, it is our Independence Day celebration. Uh, coming on July fourth, which is a Sunday, I think. Uh, so, and we will watch uh, Independence so, yeah. Day. It's a Will Smith and many other people thing. I think of it as a classic. Maybe for said, a kid. I almost said Greg Kinnear, uh, uh, Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman, uh, Randy Quaid, Randy Quaid, right? Lots of those things. Uh, Sweet, the guy from the Grandmaster from Thor. Um, from Thor, he's been in many billion other things, but uh, it's him doing him. What do we always call him? The Grandmaster. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. No, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Okay. Yeah. I, Je- I'm thinking. You said that, and I'm I'm thinking of Ego from Guardians Two. Oh, right. That's uh, was, R- R- uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Jeff Goldblum's in this. He's remember he's the he's one of the scientist guys or something. That's that right. Figures out the code. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll. Uh, I, I remember this in my mind as being a really great action movie thing, uh, <laughs> but but I, I don't know, right? It's been it's been too long. So let, yeah, let's watch it's that definitely, one this weekend. It's definitely summer, a popcorn blockbuster. It's it's not a masterpiece by any means, but sure. uh, is is a product of its genre. It, so so that's let, my, let's go back and see. We'll, we'll talk about this on the 5th of July, which means this right, would be right. printed out on the 12th or something like that. So we'll watch that. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. All right. Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 201. Special thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, If you want to reach out to us with suggestions for other uh, movies, new and old, that you think we would enjoy or have interesting conversation after seeing, uh, you can send us those suggestions via email at frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there. If you enjoy The Front Porch, please consider subscribing on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, that always helps. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.